want to see a nibble in the projects. Mad at myself, gonna put it to the side. She know what? Mama had to cater for the coop that we rode at the school on the way to pop pies. All right, guys, what's up? Welcome to the TM Podcast. My name is Mikey Levine. This is my business partner, best friend, gaming teammate. The list goes on. Uh, Tyrell Terry, say what's up. What's going on, guys? Welcome to the pod. Awesome, awesome. So, yeah, this is our first podcast. Um, it's going to be rough. We're figuring it out as we go. Um, I'm really excited to do this because I feel like we have been talking for a while about having a platform to um, talk about, you know, a lot of these things that you and I talk about personally um, and on the side. And so, yeah, I'm really excited to share some of these things. Um, yeah. You want to list some of the stuff? Yeah. I mean, I think the first thing we should talk about is just like what, you know, how this idea came to be, you know, what made us, you know, come up with the idea that we're actually going to execute on this podcast. If you want to explain that a little bit. Yeah, for sure. Well, I think the idea came to us last time I saw you in person, which is um, very rarely because of our schedules. Um, so yeah, last time we were hanging out, uh, we were just having this really, really good conversation and we just decided that I think, or we think that having a platform to talk about, you know, mental health, um, you know, destigmatizing, um, just kind of like the, I don't know, the general population has these ideas on people that are in the spotlight of any sort, whether you're an athlete, actor, whatever it is, musician. Um, and so we're trying to, you know, bring some light to that. And yeah, we're just going to share our personal stories and um, go from there, really. Yeah, I think something funny that we both really uh, related to was, you know, we both had previous history of wanting to start a podcast, you know, about different things, mm -hmm. um, but it never really, you know, it kind of always fell through each time. So I think for us to actually uh, go through it this time is pretty cool. Right, right. I agree. I'm yeah. super excited to share um, some of the stories that Ty and I have together and um, separately. I'm super excited for some of these guests that we have lined up too. So Absolutely. look forward to that. And um, yeah, so we're just going to jump right in. We're, this is really an introduction. Um, it's going to be, you know, telling kind of Ty and I's uh, backstory. And then um, really, we're just going to go from there. Yeah, so I guess I'll start off by introducing myself a little bit. Um, Tyrell Terry, uh, born in North Dakota, raised in Minneapolis. Um, Went to Stanford, um, played professional basketball right now. And yeah, I just, I'm someone who um, recently has struggled with mental health and have been spending a lot of time trying to um, study it and um, kind of find ways to, you know, live with it in a way that um, makes it easier on a day-to-day -day basis for myself. And, you know, I want to have dialogue with, with Mikey, um, and, you know, we both have a platform to put this type of dialogue out. And so um, that's something that I feel passionate about and want to move forward on. And yeah, I think kind of the same same things are true for you, Mikey. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, having this platform is super important to me because I personally struggle um, with, you know, anxiety on a day to day basis and other mental health issues. And I think just, you know, shining a light on this kind of stuff and making it less, um, I don't know, what would you call it? Like stigmatized, a, I guess. I mean, yeah, yeah. In a way, there's just um, there's just kind of like this stigma around it of like, oh, like we can't be open about this, or you should be ashamed of it. And um, I want to go against the grain and say that that's like not how it should be. I think that people should be open about um their mental health and be able to talk about it with people. Um, so yeah, I think this is just kind of like what we're gonna do on this platform, but we're also gonna talk sports, 
gaming, whatever, you know, it can, it can yeah, go either whatever way. comes up. Yeah. Right, right. So um, if you want, Ty, let's kick it back to how you and I met. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that kind of goes back to the my pre-draft process, what, mid-2020? Um, yeah, peak COVID. Was. Peak COVID. Yeah, that sounds right. So, yeah, so, um, yeah, I was doing a workout with Glenn Robinson. And at this point, you and I both know him mutually before knowing each other. So, um, you were filming the workout and, you know, as you guys kind of started to have conversation, I kind of just, you know, found my way into it. Um, and then after that, that, uh, workout, I believe it was, I think you had sent me some of the pictures and videos through the DM and, um, somehow along the, along there, we got introduced to Call of Duty. We both, both played right. Call of Duty at the time, Warzone. Um, and so, yeah, we just started playing Warzone together and then that kind of led to hanging out more, um, and yeah, I think our friendship kind of grew very quickly um, from what I remember. And then we kind of just spent the entire summer like <laughs> hanging out. No, I agree. Uh, the summer and more. It, it bled yeah, into, yeah. you know, fall time. And um, yeah, definitely in a nutshell, that's 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 how it went. Um, and it happened supernaturally. Um, I know during that time I was going through some things. Um, I was dealing with a lot of like isolation issues and feeling alone. So when I found someone you know, my age that I could relate to and just kind of like feel like I could kick it. And I don't know, just not have to worry about anything that was really special to me. Um, And I kind of felt that from the jump with you, Um, especially just hopping on the game. It started off with gaming probably every day after your workouts. And then it started to, you know, become like, let's, hey, let's hang out in person. Um, So yeah, after that, um, really it just became a a daily thing. And it became, you know, hey, workout go back to your Airbnb, hang out, eat food, watch TV, kick it, and then maybe go home, play the game. And um, that's what we did for months. Yeah. Um, I guess to add some context to that, my uh, draft was during the the COVID year. So it got delayed by about, man, I don't even know how many months, probably like five, six months it got delayed. And so on two different occasions. Yeah. So my pre-draft process, I was out in Indianapolis for, um, upwards of seven months, you know? So I think to kind of go back to what you were talking about, about what you, what you were going through, um, you know, I had just come from being at Stanford um, to the whole pre-draft process where, you know, I didn't really know too many people out in Indianapolis besides who was working me out, um, a friend of mine who came with from Minneapolis at the time. And so I think, and I was dealing with, you know, being in the spotlight um, was kind of new for me, you know, in high school and and at Stanford, you know, I was kind of on the map but not like I was at this point you know when your name starts to get you know flung around in the NBA draft you know you kind of have a lot of people talking about you so during this time you know I wasn't used to everybody on Twitter you know daily just tweets analysis on you know my performance my body you know what they thought about me just all types of opinions and you know that was something that I struggled with at the time and so I think our friendship at the time um you know, at the same time that this was going on helped me to kind of feel distracted from that um, and not feel so much judgment, um, you know, during while we were hanging out, which was helpful for me, you know, it was it was very helpful, especially since, you know, the draft process lasted so long, you know, so long, so many interviews, so many, <laughs> it was it was a very drawn out process for sure. I think yeah. you felt that as well. Definitely. Um, seeing it from my perspective, like from an outsider's perspective, like I honestly can't imagine how you felt during that because even from 
you know, looking from the outside in, I was overwhelmed by like how many interviews you had and like the pressure of like doing this, these interviews with all these teams and working out with these teams, but not in the traditional way that most people would have in a normal draft. Um, and yeah, like scrolling through places like Twitter and stuff, it's a, it's a bad rabbit hole to go down. Um, I definitely can see how, you know, the constant criticism, like always it can just get to your mental. And I applaud you for staying so strong during that um, time because it, it's brutal. People do not care. Um, they do not hold back on the internet. And so, no, I think, yeah. I mean, just to kind of go off on a tangent with the whole internet thing, like if you go through TikTok and like a video goes viral and you go through some of the comments, like people do not care if they're being nice, rude, like they don't care. No, so like, definitely. I just wanted to make an emphasis on that point that you just made. Um, to go with like the whole internet comments thing, internet posts, like so I think it's becoming a big thing. Um, you can kind of see that, but, but yeah, I guess um, take us through kind of what, like for you, what were you doing through this whole pre-draft process? I know you talked about what you were going through, but like, what were you doing on a day-to-day basis? Right. So um, I would say that during that process, I was in a slump man in my life. I, was recently um, going through a breakup of, uh, and I was in a relationship for three years and um, it ended very abruptly. Um, I got no closure within the relationship. So, you know, something that we can talk about in another episode is how I found closure within myself and not like leaning on that person. But during that time, I felt like I lost a part of myself because I was so emotionally invested into this person when it just like broke off like that. I, I didn't know what to do. And and during this time, I was living at my parents' house. I really wasn't working that much. Like I was doing videography and photography full time, but um, I didn't really want to. I would walk into the gym um, sad. I didn't really want to talk to anybody. So when our friendship, you know, started to form, it just felt like oh, things are normal again. Like it felt like a breath of fresh air, um, which was awesome. It was great to have you. Um, as a friend during that time, because I was so vulnerable. I was pushing people in my life away um, that were in my life at that time. So yeah, that's kind of what I was, I was going through. And yeah, like it was cool to be a part of that whole process with you as well. Um, Because I think you were transparent with me as well about the struggles that you were going through at the time and how, you know, tedious it is to go through that process. Cause I think a lot of people would be like, Oh, pre-draft. That's so exciting. Like, oh, it's all glitz and glamour, but yeah. it's it's not. And like, I think if you want to dive into a more your specific situation, you had to, you know, focus on really specific things that even some like things you can't really control, like like, like weight. So if you want to dive more into that a little bit, um, that was a yeah. big part. Yeah, I mean, I think more specifics um, and diving deeper into like what we actually struggled with, you know, in the past year two years whatever it's been you know i think i think that would be you know we have so much content for a whole new episode with that but like during the pre-draft process like you mentioned with weight and stuff i kind of that was really like the biggest criticism for me was can he put weight on you know can he can he look bigger and so that was pretty much my whole focus was like eat eat until you feel like you're nauseous you know i'm saying that's not what they told me but that's what i'm you know that's the underlying message is that you got to put on as much weight as you can so you need to eat until you can't 
You need to drink as many protein shakes till you can. You need to, you know, lift as hard as you can until you're, you're so sore that you can't even shoot. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, right. that's just some of the things that were, were tough for me in the pre-draft process. Um, because I've always been smaller. You know what I'm saying? I've always been skinnier and I've always been, people have always observed that about me. So it was tough for me to like have to change or feel like I had to be different in order to um, be valid in these people's eyes. You know what I'm saying? Because no matter how good of a basketball player I was, it, it was, it felt as though the general audience, um, the GMs, the coaches, I wasn't valid enough until I was a certain weight or I looked a certain size, you know, right. scratch my, scratch my ability, scratch, whatever it is. It was weight. And it always was even through my career, you know what I'm saying? So it's been something that's, that's been something I've had to deal with in the past. Um, and so, I you know, mean, that, yeah. was, that was really tough to watch you go through, man, for months. Um, I would literally come to your workout, dude. Cause, cause at, at a certain point, it wasn't, I wasn't filming your workout or shooting it for content. I would just come just to yeah, just pull watch up. you hoop. Yeah. Yep. Mm -hmm. And it was hard watching you cause like you'd be playing ones or twos or whatever. And midway through the workout, you'd have to like stop and literally go throw up in the bathroom and then come yeah. back because you were literally drinking so many protein shakes. Um, it was ridiculous. Um, just to put on that weight to hit that number that all the coaches, GMs or whatever, whatever want to see. So seeing you go through that sucked. Um, and yeah, I, I can't imagine how that felt. And I know that that is still something that, um, people might criticize you on, but, um, realistically, if you look at this kid play, man, you'll, <laughs> you won't think about it one bit. And I personally have played against him and that boy got strong. He <laughs> is strong. Uh, um, but yeah, no, so, yeah, I think like just to, go off of that I think that's just that was a big aspect I had to learn was like other people's opinions and criticisms which I know it sounds it's kind of something that a lot of people struggle with but it's a very difficult thing to truly overcome you know like even up until now or a few months ago when I wasn't doing so well like I would have to I would try to be convincing myself like in, in my own head, like these people's opinions don't matter. These opinions, people's opinions don't matter. These criticisms don't matter. But like deep down in my, like my, my subconscious, like I knew I cared about what people thought, you know what I'm saying? So yeah. that was something where it took me a lot of time to, um, to truly believe that I didn't care what people thought. Um, and honestly, before my, the, my old way of thinking, I wouldn't have been comfortable with doing a podcast because of how people reacted, what they thought about our content, that type of stuff. So, um, yeah, it feels good to, to have moved past that, but it wasn't, it wasn't easy at all, man. Right. A easy. lot of people will look at mental health and the journey of mental health and they'll, it's way easier to look at it in retrospect and be like, Oh, wow. Look how far I've, I've come. But I think a lot of people in that moment, especially in that mental space, you want to see results or change immediately. And that's just not yep. realistic. Um, so yeah, in another episode, I'd love to dive more into, you know, the process of how you got from point A to point B. Yeah. Um, because I think that'd be really therapeutic and helpful for people because seeing you open up and be comfortable talking on a, on a platform like this now is awesome. So um, really proud of you for that, man. 
appreciate um, that. Yeah, of course. I think we should move forward because okay, draft pro uh pre-draft six, seven months, it's fall time now. It's November. You're about to go yep. home. Draft is set. The date is set. I believe it was November 18th. Something like that. Yeah. Something that something right. around there. Um let's talk about draft day or maybe draft weekend in a nutshell. Um, okay. that I feel like to me, because I was there, it was really cool. I got to go to your hometown. Um, I got to see your high school. I got to see a lot of where you grew up. Um, I feel like it didn't even feel real. It didn't feel like that day was ever gonna come until the name, the like the time your name was called. Um, and I'm sure for you, it's completely different from how I. I had I felt no pressure, but like I'd love to know your opinion on it because I mean I was with you for ninety nine percent of that weekend. Yeah, it was kind of like a weird way to describe it. Is it felt like, for lack of better words, it felt like its own day, like the draft day. Like it felt like what came prior was its own thing, and then once the like the whole draft day was just like its own like like I I was in our like my own little world with all these people. And it was just like draft day. Like you got to do this, 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 and this at night, your, your dreams are going to come true. And then you just celebrate, you know what I'm saying? And then the next day it's like, okay, now, now it's time to figure out logistics of when I'm going to go to Dallas, all this other stuff. So it was a really cool experience, you know, um, really long day, but Super you know, it was, it was one of the best days of my life. And it was awesome to like be around everyone. It was because it was COVID. It wasn't like some big party but you know we had some of my closest family and friends there um and i know for you you were doing some film stuff so like the night was probably just almost just as long as it was for me <laughs> um in a sense but like yeah it's so cool like i know my perspective from the whole night was was like a blur but like hearing your perspective from the whole night and like even afterwards i think is pretty cool so i think if you could you know shed some light on that uh, yeah. on what what it was like for you yeah for sure um i've talked to i've talked to you about it um in private about how your agent took a picture of us the day before the night before and you and i were kicking it big smiles on our face man like we're laying we're just like kicking on this couch and that to me was like a stamp in time of oh like this was the last day before like shit got real mm -hmm. um and then so i love that photo and i might throw it up in here because i just think it it was basically like closing the chapter of pre-draft and then so your name gets called we're celebrating everything's great and then it was really interesting to me the day after because it felt like all night it was we were just celebrating we were all so ecstatic and happy but then we like went back to your house we just played video games and we just ate food like normal so it was almost like that felt like it felt normal for about 15 seconds or like you know a day and then basically just like that you were gone it was like you had to go straight to dallas and then figure everything out um and so, yeah, I'd love to know if it felt like that for you. Did anything of that, like, in that process feel, oh, like, this is normal. Oh, my God, I'm in the league now. Oh, my God, it's normal again. Like, 
do you remember any of that or was it all just too much of a blur yeah that's um kind of going back to what i was saying earlier about like that that whole day being like its own little thing like it felt kind of what you like what you're saying like that night before we took that picture like it felt like you know that was normal a wrap up to pre-draft you know a long pre-draft but nonetheless and then kind of that next day was like all right like it's not normal but it's not like real yet you Mm. you know what I'm saying Mm. and so we got to just like experience that day for what it is for what it was um pardon and it was awesome and then you know the next day was it wasn't like immediate snap out of it because we still got to kind of like kick it for a little bit you were still in my hometown um and whatnot but like you know as the next week went by and I had to go to Dallas like then stuff really started to become different um and this is where my my like struggle with mental health really started but before we even discuss that or even if it's in another episode like take me through like how you viewed our friendship because we've talked a lot about our friendship you know through the pre-draft process up until the draft and stuff but I want to get your perspective on how you felt once I was in Dallas, wasn't able to really hang out as much. Um, you know, I just started career in the NBA, was traveling a lot. Like, right. how did you view our friendship at that time and the different and the changes that we were we were kind of going through? Mm. Um, it was definitely a big change not seeing you every day. Like if I'm being completely transparent, it was that was definitely hard. Um, because we just got into such a groove of hanging out every single day. Um so that was tough. And I mean, I think there was, of course, we were riding that high of your name was called, you're in the NBA now, but it didn't really feel like our friendship changed. Like, I feel like maybe there was a slight possibility that, oh, there might be like this weird dynamic now, because now instead of it being like here, it's like, oh, you're in the league now. Like, but it never got that way, which I think is really interesting. And I think it, it easily could have went that direction, but it didn't. And I think it's because we just had like such a solid foundation. Um, we, you know, leaned on each other when we needed to. We've always been very transparent with each other um, and been able to work things out. So I think that plays into the part of like nothing. Of course, I was so happy for you, like being in the NBA now, but it wasn't, um, I don't think our friendship changed. And that's just no. my personal opinion. I, and I, what about you? Yeah, I think I agree 100%. I will say like a, the reason I think it was a lot easier for us to maintain a solid relationship was the game, you know? I think being oh. able to play, I don't think we would have like fallen off, but like it was a way for us to still communicate, still right. do an activity, um, you know? And so I think in that sense, like it almost allowed our friendship to s- to still grow, you know, instead of just like kind of maintaining. I agree. Um, but yeah, we were able to play the game a lot. And um, yeah, I think that was a big reason why we were able to, you know, stay in touch a lot um, and kind of grow our friendship. And it's, it's, it's interesting because, you know, since I've left for Dallas, I'm not there anymore, but there's been times where it's been six, seven months, eight months since we've seen each other. Um, in person. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, we see each other and it's, it's like, you know, it's like, we're just kicking it again. Like, nothing, like two years ago. Yeah. Shit doesn't really fall off. So it's yeah. really cool in that sense. I, I um, wanted to ask you, um, has it been hard maintaining relationships 
like since your name has been called um has yeah. that been a struggle for you yeah it's been a, a a big struggle in in a multiple multitude of ways i would say um on one hand you have people kind of just you know it's cliche to say but people did start to treat me differently um you know it wasn't the craziest thing i went through but you know i did have to distance myself from certain people in my life because treatment just wasn't the same anymore whether it was just too positive or trying to prove themselves to me um that's one hand the other hand was the mental health anxiety things that i started to go through and once i fell into depression that's when i started to distance myself and it was tough for me to maintain relationships because i didn't feel like i wanted to talk to anybody i didn't feel the social like my social media went from like full to empty very quickly during these during this time so and i've had to deal with this you know just just recently i've had to you know kind of rekindle relationships that really fell off you know over the past few years because of either a me being away in a new state or or b me just going through stuff and it's been really cool to see certain people really understand you know when when i try to come back and have a conversation with them after a certain period of time and i tell them you know the reasons behind it they understand and they're right. happy that i'm they're happy that i'm um speaking to them again so that's been that's been really cool um in my experience and i know you have had experience with certain friendships that um have been good and bad you know outside of ours so not right. to name names but if you could just kind of like share the dynamic around kind of what you've been experiencing yeah yeah for sure i also um just to touch on a little bit of what you just said i think when you're going through something like depression or dealing with mental health issues i think separating yourself and maybe closing like maybe like your defense walls come up or like you're just closing yourself off for a little bit um i think that's completely normal i think a lot of people go through that and I just think more people will relate to that than you think. And so hearing you say that out loud and speaking about that, I think is really, really huge um, because I've done it. I've definitely, um, when I fall into that, you know, pit of depression or whatever it might be, my first instinct is, you know, what, literally and figuratively, let me just turn this phone off, set it down. And I don't want to talk to anybody. Like I just yep. want to be by myself. Um, but I think the most important thing that you said is you went back around and you explained to these people, Hey, this is what I was going through. And they completely understood. And that's what I think people might be scared to do or scared. And to so, some didn't, you know, some didn't mm. truly understand. And I found that to be okay. You know, right. um, I can't change the past. Um, and I can't change what was bothering me, but I can change how or dictate how I respond to it. And so I think that was something that was big for me is, and even anybody out there, you know, who goes through the same thing and is, as I was scared to kind of, to come back around and have these conversations due to, you know, fearing of what these people might think of you because of, for me personally, it was people that I, I was very close with. So I felt a certain type of like extra judgment, mm. potentially, you know what I'm saying? Um, so that's why it was harder for me to do it, but I think it was, it was, 
it was good. You know, it was good for me to do that after in a certain amount of time. In reality, I feel like the people closest to you are the ones that do understand and typically are the yeah. ones that, that forgive you um, no matter how much time has passed or whatever. Yeah, and it's, it, it took me a while to realize that, you know what I'm saying? Um, so. No, but that. Interesting I, times, interesting yeah, times. Definitely. And um, I've definitely dealt with that in the past. Um, I think a lot of problems socially kind of came with the title or when I put the title of NBA within my workspace. Um, when I started branding myself as an NBA photographer, videographer, um, <laughs> and this is on the lowest level, I'm sure, because you're actually there, you can completely relate. Um, people kind of like come out the woodworks, whether they're asking for tickets, asking um, to, you know, hang out in certain situations, like maybe when you post that you're with someone or with a player, um, people just kind of um, will reach out that you don't hear from all the time. Um and I've definitely had to cut off some relationships. Um, and, you know, I've had to check myself too and my ego um, because, you know, it's really easy to get lost in the lost in the sauce of the NBA and that world. Um, it's really easy to forget about reality because it's so it like to me, like I it's I think the NBA is very unrealistic compared to, you know, the general lifestyle. Um, so yeah, I think relationships will come and go. Some people may understand, they might not understand, um, why or why not you have to do some, some things that you have to do. Um, but I would love to dive more into those conversations with you on like more of a specific podcast, because I think we could go on and on about that process and about, you know, the relationships I might've fallen through, or you've had to cut people off, um, in a later podcast. Cause I think that's really interesting. That's a whole topic in itself. Yeah. I think before we get into like one of the last topics we want to talk about here, I want to emphasize that the reason that Mikey and I are kind of explaining so much about the dynamic of our friendship is because we both believe, and I want you to touch on this, Mikey, is how important friendships are for your mental health. Um, I think this is something that both of us have learned you know, firsthand, um, and how crucial friendships, um, even friendships outside of ours, you know, having multiple people that you can go, go to for different things, you know? Um, so kind of touch on that. Um, yeah. You know, I just, um, support systems in general are so important and having someone, um, and I think obviously your, your immediate family, that is one support system, but like some people don't feel comfortable talking to their immediate family and that's totally okay. Like I don't open up to mine that much. And so when I found someone that I could lean on like Ty, um, and just get like a second opinion on things. So even if I, well, I know coming out of my relationship, I felt like I didn't trust myself at all. I didn't know if my actions or if anything I was doing was really right. And having someone to be like, Hey man, am I tripping? Or am I like, like just having someone to get that second opinion and have someone. How many times have we asked that question to each other? Am I tripping? Yeah. It's so, so much, but being able to, you know, have that second opinion and then soak in it and um, not just like act irrationally off, off emotion um, is really, really, really important. And I think that has helped in so many ways in so many different um, situations. 
Um, so yeah, I think having a, a, a good support system is really huge. And if that means, you know, having uncomfortable conversations with close friends in the grand scheme of things, it will help so much to have these people in your life. So I can't stress enough how important um, good friendships, healthy relationships are. And yeah, just a solid support system. Yeah, for me, I think as much as we say, and it's kind of put out there that like, it's okay to let let people go, you know, let certain relationships go. I think it's almost equally, equally as important to maintain important relationships and beneficial relationships. Like um, there was a time period within this past, you know, year or two where I felt I was becoming distant with a certain group of friends back home who I'd been friends with for a very long time. And once I started to become distant, I kind of was going back and forth between in my head of, is this what I'm supposed to be doing? Am I outgrowing these friends or, or do I need to keep these guys around? You know what I'm saying? And I started to feel myself almost feeling more empty without those friendships. And it kind of was a wake up call to me that I need to make more effort in those friendships. And I just want to touch on that example, because, you know, we always talk about it being okay to walk away from certain relationships, um, if they're not beneficial to you, or if they cause cause trouble. Um, But I think it's equally as important to work hard to maintain uh, the relationships that that do have meaning that do have fulfillment um, and positivity. So I just want to touch on that. No, I completely agree. Because I think another thing, another part of like that, that mental health um, kind of like slope that you get in or uh, just kind of like rut is you get to, you, you start thinking, Hey, like, why aren't these people reaching out to me? Like they're, they don't care. Like, but no, 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 no. It's like, they, you got to think about their side too. They're probably like, Oh, Mikey's going through it. He probably needs his space. Like it Mm -hmm. goes, it goes both ways. Um, so yeah, I, I completely agree with what you're saying. Yeah. Is that something that you've ever struggled with, by the way, like what you're mentioning, like thinking, Oh, why didn't so-and-so reach out to me during this time and having to backtrack and realize it's so easy. It is so easy to like, you know, play victim when you're in that Mm -hmm. mental space and be like, Oh, like, and it's reality just being like oh like boohoo me like oh like i'm so sad but like you have to still put in that effort because it's it then it's one-sided on your end um i've definitely had to you know make my rounds with old friendships and reach out again and be like hey i'm so sorry like i was going through this and that um i hope you understand like i'd love to catch up soon and i think it's okay not to like jump straight back into those friendships right away like you can slowly build them back again and then i just think that might be the healthiest way to do it so yeah i've definitely struggled with that um but to wrap things up um i wanted to talk about something that you said to me last time that we hung out in person we were kicking it on my porch um and i just this story has stuck in my mind for so long since we talked about it i think about it every day and I think it's so interesting. Um, and I know you know what story I'm thinking of. So Of course if, I do. Um, <laughs> yeah, so I'll, I'll explain it in a nutshell, and then you could elaborate. Um, Ty told me that he, in the Indianapolis airport when he flew in, a he heard some pitter-patter behind him. Bah, 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 <laughs> and a, a kid ran up to him and asked, hey, are you Tyrell Terry? And he was like, yeah. And he had a, a conversation with him. 
Um, but you know, looking back on it, you told me that you don't think that that kid ever would have, or he doesn't know that that encounter was just as like anxiety filled, um, for you as it probably was for him, because I know we both agree that, you know, in high school, middle school, growing up, an NBA player was like, you know, an A-list celebrity to, to us. And they were like the, the craziest thing ever. Um, and I do think that the general population don't get to have that experience, like of meeting one or hanging out with one that often. So when they do, you know, they, they freak out. Um, but I'd love for you to talk to, to me and to the podcast about how that interaction was for you personally. Yeah, it was, it was very eye-opening because it's hadn't, it wasn't something that I had like actually realized before, before this incident. And yeah, I just, the kid just kind of runs up to me and, you know, very polite. Um, shout out the kid, by the way. Um, shout out the kid if you're listening. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, he just kind of came out to me and his face kind of gets red and he's just like, are you Tyrell Terry? Like I saw you play in high school, yada, yada, yada. And I'm like, cool. Like it was a great, great conversation. But like, as I'm looking at the kid, you know, and I see how anxious he's getting, you know, with his face getting red and just kind of not knowing what to say. And I lead the conversation and I, I realized to myself, like, there was a moment in there where I felt like a, a certain aspect of social anxiety, you know, there's a stranger running up to me. Like it's, I had my AirPods on, like I'm trying to just <laughs> get out the airport. Like it's just, you know, it's out of the blue. And so I realized I'm like, from that encounter and from what I remember being feeling as a kid, you know, looking up to these guys and my interactions with them, he had no idea in the world that I had any type of nervousness, anxiety to have that conversation. And it made me think about just like we, and we had a whole conversation about like the pedestal that athletes are on um, in certain situations. And I think like, just for example, you walk into a stadium and there's 25,000 people or whatever screaming and cheering, like, some for some professional athletes that makes them very nervous you know what i'm saying it makes them very anxious but for another same reason we don't the general public doesn't have any idea of this you know what i'm saying right, they don't right. and it's not their fault no not at all not at all um but it's just something that should be brought to light you know what i'm saying yeah, when you see I when you agree. see these athletes talk about their mental health um the anxiety they go through and it's kind of like it's starting to get normalized, but like at first it was kind of like a shock, like what's going on, you know what I'm saying? But, right. you know, these athletes are, are people too. They're just like you. They're just good at a sport. You know what I'm saying? They're a little bit better at, at basketball <laughs> or, fo or football. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. Yeah. So that I was think, very eye-opening. Very eye-opening. The reason why people gravitate, gravi like they, I think the reason why people think that way is because there's always, to me, look from an outsider looking in it seems like there's always eyes on you whether that's yeah. you know the cameras um i just feel like it feels so normalized like especially um walking to a gym and you see you know three cameramen filming your workout whatever it is i just feel like people think oh you're so desensitized to it um it's an it's you know a day-to-day -day thing but realistically like you are human um you are a person and you deal with the same things that that you know that the general population does anxiety, social anxiety. Um, uh, like I deal with that every day. I, I think communication and especially specifically because of COVID, I think social interaction has gotten really hard. 
um, since COVID, um, you know, we were cooped up. Uh, we weren't really, you know, people weren't really hanging out all the time. I think that has boosted social anxiety a lot in the general population. Um, so, yeah, I think that story was really, really important to tell because a lot of people don't think that way and they don't think about the other side. Um, oh, yeah. It's so a very eye-opening interaction. Yeah, very I really, really yep. appreciate you sharing that story. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and I think I think with a good amount of the guests that we bring on, um, to this podcast, um, we'll be able to hear similar stories, um, from their perspective and from their side about maybe not feeling as though they're, they have the right to feel down, you know, to feel anxious, feel anxious, feel depressed, like, because they're in such a position of spotlight that right. they don't feel, they don't feel as though they're, they are able to have these same emotions, um, and so I'm very excited for you guys to hear that about these, yeah, these guests definitely. that are going to come on. We yeah. have a, and we're not going to spoil any, but we have a very big list of interesting guests from different um, occupations, different for, like walks of life that I think are going to be so interesting. And I'm so excited to share those with you guys. Um yeah, and those will be coming up very soon. We're planning those um, as we speak. Probably by the time this episode comes out, we'll have one um, ready to come out next for the next week. Um, so yeah, guys, like I just wanted you guys for this first episode to you know learn more about Ty and I, um, kind of understand where this podcast is going or what we're trying to achieve, and then realistically, like moving forward. It's just going to keep getting better and better. Um, the guests are, so, I'm so excited for the people we're bringing on. And Absolutely. Um, I'm, I'm just super excited that Ty and I have this platform now. So. Yeah. Um, I appreciate everybody tuning in. Um, there's going to be a variety of topics, you know, that we discuss and whether that's anxiety, how people deal with it, how people have, you know, bounced back from it. Um, there's going to be a variety of things. And I think there's going to be a lot of great things that you guys will be able to take away from our podcast, whether you relate to it, whether you just learn something new. Um, and so, yeah, uh, we're very excited and yeah. hope you guys are too. Yeah. Awesome, man. So um, this was episode one of the TM pod. Um, we can be found on Spotify, Apple music, YouTube. We're working on all the platforms right now. Um, and we're on Instagram right now at TM pod. Uh, we'll pop it up on the screen and yeah. Uh, go give us a follow and keep up with us. Sir. All right, y'all signing out. Signing out.